Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan, and my friend Kendra and I are part of a ministry called His Beloved of Texas. We put on retreats and events for women in the city of Austin to bring them to Jesus and let them experience Him and His love. And we live across the street from each other. Between the two of us, we have 10 kids, and we get to do life together. It's super fun, and we want to invite you in as part of our life. Scripture tells us that hope does not disappoint, and we want to bring you stories of how the Lord has worked in women's lives, men's lives, so that you can know that God is moving and working in your life too. We want to bring you hope. Hey guys, it's Megan. Welcome back. And if this is your first time to our podcast, welcome for the first time. We're so glad you're here. We have a fun friend today, Maggie Kim, who is wife of Paul J. Kim and a new neighbor of ours. Well, she lives in the city that we live in and we've become really good friends over the summer is here today. And Paul J. Kim is a Korean rapper, beatboxer, Catholic speaker, which is pretty awesome combination. And he speaks at big youth events like Steubenville and some of the big Catholic conferences. And he's so fun. And I've been a big fan of his for a long time. And Kendra totally outs me in front of Maggie (laughs) on this podcast. Oops. But today was so much fun, you guys. When I went back and listened to the replay, I laughed so hard. It turns out Kendra and Maggie have a weird obsession And they started talking about it, and I almost unfriended both of them right then and there because I was so not in on this. And also, we make Maggie beatbox, and it is spectacular. Just wait till you hear it. But Maggie's more than just wife of Paul. She's also the mom of four kiddos, one of whom is a newborn baby. And she was a pro-life Catholic nurse. And she worked for a doctor's office in California that worked with abortion-minded women and helped them walk through their pregnancy to, um, to the delivery, which is beautiful. So you're going to love this episode. The way she talks about Jesus and her family is just beautiful. I hope you enjoy. Hey, friends. Hi, everybody. How you doing, Kendra? I'm doing good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. So today, we have our wonderful friend Maggie here, and we're so excited. Maggie Kim is with us, and do you want to introduce Maggie? Yeah. <laughs> so this all began, I have to say, uh, Megan is... Um, <laughs> You're going to out me, aren't you? I am. <laughs> she's a, I don't think Maggie and Paul realize. She's an Insta stalker. How? With some people. <laughs> How much of a fan I was before they moved here. <laughs> and so with Megan being in youth group, um, she has gotten to see Paul speak. <laughs> and, um, and of course, Instagram comes around and she's all over it. And, you know, Chris had interactions with Paul and she was like, oh, you got to talk to Paul Kim? <laughs> and then when Chris told me that you guys were talking about moving to Texas, Texas I texted Megan and she like lost her ever living mind. <laughs> So whenever they came to Texas, um, we had them over and it was like, yes, y'all belong here. Yes. So glad y'all are here in our area and y'all are just such a beautiful couple. And Maggie, we get to talk to you specifically today. And you became just part of our like group and yeah. just wonderful friends and we're yeah. so excited. But yeah, I was a little bit. The first time you sent me that text message, I went and I taught high school theology and I went and told my class the next day and they were like, what? Paul J. Kim is moving to Texas, and you're going to be friends with them? Like, yes, (laughs) yes, all of that. Mm -hmm. That's all happening. (laughs) Well, and it was so cute the first day that um, they came to visit us because (laughs) I don't think we'd even, like, let them get out of the car and walk towards the house yet, and we, like, attacked them at the car. And um, they said, yeah, we're moving soon, or we just moved, and our kids are going to go to this new school and they start to say the name of the school, and we start screaming. They didn't even say the name. They yeah. said, we're going to go to a new charter school. New charter area. school. And yeah. we start screaming at them. We're like, our kids are going to that school, too. And all the kids screamed, like the entire, I think there was 20 of us. And Paul and Maggie are just standing there like, no, we were so excited. I would love to know what y'all were thinking at that time. Like, whoa. These people are a little intense. No, we loved it. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun day. It was a very fun day. But um, what I see just watching you live life is just a completely beautiful, authentic 
woman um, who says yes in the hard, um, who walks alongside your husband. You're just the most beautiful cheerleader to him and his ministry. Mm-hmm. Like it's both of your ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just lovely. It's a beautiful witness. And I know there's a lot to you that we don't know about yet that we hope to uncover today in our podcast. I know you have a beautiful heart with nursing and pro-life work and, um, you're right now currently bouncing on a, <laughs> like, ball thing um, exercise ball with with her sweet son Micah um at her chest trying to get him to sleep and he's doing so well and um you're just beautiful we hit new heights of our podcast setup we now have Mary and the microphone and Maggie and baby Micah and she's bouncing like this is like the best this is now like the official yes Yes. (laughs) we're posting a picture yeah yeah I love it so Maggie we're gonna start off with some fun questions okay okay um the first one is, what is a popular trend right now that bothers you? Oh, good question. Oh my gosh, that is a really good and interesting question. Like clothing trend or anything. just trend in general? Anything? Oh my gosh, I don't even really know what's on trend anymore, <laughs> to be honest. I don't have any clue about trends anymore. <laughs> but let not. me tell you, like the thing that, I don't know if it's still on trend, but like all those little dance moves that... I don't know, young people would come up with. Like, like that the TikTok would, moves? Yes, the oh. TikTok dances, I think. And yeah. and I think it annoyed me more because Paul started trying to do them too. <laughs> and I was like, you are not a young person anymore. <laughs> so, but like That's the right. flossing and... Yes, like, gotcha. um, yeah. oh my gosh, when he does like a dab... I'm just like, please don't do that, you know? That's <laughs> so, hysterical. But if anybody can pull it off, it'd be Paul. Yeah, that's yes. true. Because he's, so, he's such a kid at heart. Yeah. And so, yeah. And he, you know, fits in with... That, I think that's how he can relate to so yeah. many of, you know, the, the youth. <laughs> yeah. Just silly okay. things like that. Yeah. Um, so if you guys yeah. have never seen Paul, I'm going to post a video in the show notes. You have to go watch it. He is a Korean beatboxer and Catholic speaker and chastity speaker. I called long before I ever knew them. I would call him the Korean Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Don't tell him I said that. That's funny. I'm totally really, telling him. He really does, like command the room of 10,000 teenagers yeah. and it's so cool to watch. I had never seen him beatbox until oh, we went to the yeah that until we went retreat. to the family retreat and he got up there and he started beatboxing and I was like oh that sounds good but then he started making beats with tunes like singing at the same yes. time I was like wait a second yeah. he's doing that with his mouth all the same it's time all yes. coming out of his blew head. my mind it, it's crazy and when he's like at Steubenville or one of those big youth conferences, he'll teach them the song and then the entire crowd is singing along too. And it's so cool. cool. Like they're just like eating out of his hands. And then he teaches them about Jesus and chastity. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, so they're all First in. you hook them and then yeah. you with the truth and <laughs> yeah. they're sold. Yeah. yeah. So Maggie, how long have you been married? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, will you please share your beatboxing skills oh with my us? God. I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> Have you been practicing? No. <laughs> you have to. Have... I've been practicing for, you know, the nine years that I've done it. I still cannot get it down. <laughs> That's so funny. Those to me. Come oh, on. my gosh. Okay, this is the closest I can do. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. <laughs> I was going to say, the only beatboxing I know, yeah. I learned from Lin-Manuel Miranda on Sesame Street. And it was boots and cats, boots and cats. That's all I got. That's it. My, <laughs> mine was way slower than that. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> My kids have been practicing though. They really want to oh, beatbox so with Paul. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> They're his little fans. Okay. So I have a question for you. So they just moved from Southern California. Southern California? Mm-hmm. That's on right? Okay. <laughs> I just make that up. And they've been here since about May, right? April, yeah. May. So what has surprised you the most about Texas? Like in a good way oh, or a, a shocking, weird way? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I think what shocked me the most is how quickly God answered our prayers. Cause, mm. um, you know, community has always been so important to us. And that was one of the biggest worries of mine because we're moving away from all of our family, mm-hmm. our friends that, you know, the community that we had built, um, back in California. So, you know, we're just like, Lord, we know that you're calling us to be there. We just pray that we meet good people, good friends. Mm-hmm. And like literally within a week, of moving here, we meet you guys. <laughs> you know, um, it was mm-hmm. that one that one day when yeah, you yeah. talked us at the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and we're like, just... we're gonna keep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and honestly, we were just so grateful that you know we were driving home that day and we were like, 
oh my gosh, like God totally answered our prayers right away. Aww. And, um, we just loved y'all so much. Like we, we just felt like we clicked right away. And, um, Us too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. So well, that's, that was, it was, I knew he was going to provide, but it was how quickly he provided yeah. that yeah. surprised me. Austin has a great yeah. Catholic community too. Yeah. Like we, it just, I think there's something special about mm-hmm. the Catholic community here in Austin, mm-hmm. all the different churches and friends from different parishes that all just, you know, our yeah. lives all cross and we get to know each other. And I don't know that that's yeah. that way everywhere else, but I'm thankful for yeah, it too. Yeah, it's definitely special. Very yeah. grateful. Um, okay. You ready for another one? Okay. What did you get in trouble with the most for as a kid? <laughs> I love your questions. <laughs> You've got great questions. <laughs> oh man. Hmm. Oh my goodness. This is going to make me sound like such a nerd. <laughs> but I would get in trouble for um, not coming to the dinner table because I was reading. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. She was so cute. I know. You're one of those kids. So like, I would like skip meals if I could, and my parents would scream at me to come to the dinner table, and then I would take the book to the dinner table and start reading while we yeah. were eating it. Oh, that's so oh my cute. goodness. That's okay. So, what was your favorite book growing up? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, did you guys ever read uh, Where the Red Friend Grows? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> is reading sad. that right now. Oh, and really she's is. a huge dog lover. Yes. And so I keep saying, so what part are you at? Yes. <laughs> How far have you gone? I know. Like, <laughs> did you get to the sad part yet? Do you know what's coming? And some of the kids in the class have read it already, but they haven't spilled the beans. But she goes, not to the bad part. I know there's a bad part coming yet. Yeah. Because yeah. they've told me, but we haven't gotten there yet. I oh, just yeah. wait for her little heart to be broken. I've heard of teachers that would read that book year after year and cry every single oh, time out loud while they're yes. reading it to the kids. I love yes. that one. Oh, so that's sad. a good one. That is a good one. Um, okay, last one. You ready? Mm-hmm. What is some... <laughs> Dive into your Instagram following. <laughs> Who you follow. Okay. What's the most obscure follower oh. following that you have? Oh, that's oh a good gosh. question. Hmm. I know one, but I'm not going to out you. But you you keep going. Like you know someone that I follow that's obscure? Yes, we are friends. We share the same. We we both follow this person. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you, I would you, you go ahead. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, hmm. <laughs> I have to like rack my brain for this. Um. I used to listen to this true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds awful. It's an awful name. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. Um, I actually stopped listening to it because I was starting to get a little paranoid about being murdered. Um, but I, so I was like following their Instagram account. That's probably oh, okay. So what do you think? One. A what? certain, certain uh, dermatologist come to mind. <laughs> oh, the pimple Doc- popper? Yeah, Dr. Oh, my, pimple popper. You guys follow them on Instagram? Yes. She's like it sent is- me videos like check this out. That's creepy. <laughs> she sent them to me. I I love popping. That's like, just when my weird. kids get yes. sunburns, I love peeling the skin. So oh my goodness. I, I, love I know. Stuff too. Yeah, she does too, but we were talking about it. I was like, cover your ears, people. We are the same. I have someone to share this with. <laughs> Gosh, it's yeah. very satisfying to watch. I'm like about to hide under the couch. A huge black head <laughs> get distracted. Sorry, <laughs> but no, really, I, I love watching them right before bed because me I, too. I find, <laughs> I find them so relaxing. Me too. Yeah, like oh, I can't go to sleep right now. I'm just gonna watch a few pimple popping videos. <laughs> me too, totally. <laughs> oh, it's great. oh my goodness, I might throw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. I am not oh, in on this with y'all. At that all. is so funny. You're killing me. It's very satisfying. Okay, that's hysterical. Okay, so let's talk about some real stuff. Yeah. So tell us, um, you are a Catholic convert, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us where yesterday. Yesterday we talked to Esther, and she said, "Remember," and I'm going to say it wrong again. What was the time that that Jesus first glanced at you, or that you that first you felt him, the gaze of Jesus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When was the first time you felt the gaze of Jesus? You know, it's a good question because I, I grew up in a Protestant family, so we always like, you know, I just grew up going to church and going to retreats and, you know, doing all these things, youth programs and stuff, but I can't really pinpoint like the first time I had a, a real encounter with Jesus. I think it was more gradual. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I, I remember certain retreats where I'd be like, yes, I accept you as my, my savior and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mm-hmm. want to give my life for you, but I don't know if that was like a true encounter because, you know, a week later I'd just be going back to my 
regular old lifestyle and right. yeah, wasn't truly like committed to changing my life for the Lord. So it's, it's hard to say, like, it's hard to pinpoint that first, mm-hmm. the first glance, um, from Jesus. But, um, I think the first real encounter I had with Jesus in the Eucharist, like I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely remember that. Um, and it was, you know, this was before I converted and I was still wrestling with, um, just the teachings of the Catholic church and, um, uh, like wondering if this is what God was calling me to do or, um, you know, at the time I was dating Paul. So I was like still very resistant to converting cause I didn't want him to think I was doing it for him or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm still going to my regular church and then going to like these Catholic events with him. Mm-hmm. And he invited me to an event he was speaking at and, um, they did adoration during that, um, program. And, uh, I remember sitting there and just like, just praying and being like, I don't really understand what's going on over here, but I'm open Lord, like whatever you want to mm-hmm. reveal to me or whatever you want to say to me, like, I'm just open to whatever. And, um, I remember just feeling this strong conviction that Jesus was in there, like in that mm-hmm. room. Truly present. Yeah. And, um, as I'm praying this, I, I, you know, I don't hear his voice audibly, but I, I, I get the sense that he's saying, look up at me, look up mm. at me. And I'm like, yes, Lord. I'm like closing my eyes. I'm like praying. Yes, Lord. I'm looking up at you. I'm looking at you. And, and I just hear that look up at me, look up at me. And, um, I'm like, okay, I think I'm doing that. I think I'm looking at you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, open your eyes look at me. and look up at wow. me. Oh. And I look up and I, and I see him in the Eucharist and I just like, it hit me. It hit wow. me that he was truly present in that room in yeah. the Eucharist. And that's and, beautiful. There, um, I've heard before that adoration with the exposition, the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a whole bunch of Catholic words I'm about to throw at y'all. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're not Catholic. I apologize. Um, is an ocular worship, mm, which means that. that you worship with your eyes. Yes. So he oh, was wow. telling you, like, worship yes. me with, with my with your eyes. Let me see you. You see me. And that's what um, Saint John Vianney would say. Um, they would say, well, what do you do when you get adoration? He'd say, I look at him and he looks at me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And he was like, I want you to look at me. Yeah. I want to see you. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. And I love that he was like, no, 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 you're getting it wrong. Like, yeah, you need yeah. to open your eyes. I, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Look yeah. at me. Yeah. And it was, you know, from then on, um, like, you know, I just felt like since, since then, like there was no turning back, you know, yeah, <laughs> once yeah. you start to believe in, in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, it's like, you can't yeah. really go back. <laughs> like, Not at all. Yeah. And it, it definitely, um paved the way to, to converting. That's awesome. Kendra was just saying yesterday. Yeah. I, um, you know, with pandemic, the perpetual adoration, which is where, um, you know, there's a chapel and Jesus is exposed in the monstrance on the altar and you're able to go in and pray anytime you want 24 hours a day. And our church, very fortunate that our church offers that, but the pandemic, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. altered it and changed it. And so they weren't able to offer it, but they're just getting to where they're getting regular scheduled adores because we don't want to leave the Lord alone. So they need to have, you know, make sure that someone's there for every hour. Mm -hmm. And so they called me to see if I wanted to take my hour again. I was like, yes, I was so excited. It was like I was getting, I got invited to a party. So I got (laughs) to go to my holy hour on Monday night. I saw you drive away and I was like, I want to go. (laughs) Um, And so, but it was like this renewal of, you know, it was just me and him. There's Mm -hmm. no one else in there at that time. And just kneeling before him and, like, it's you, it's you, mm. and I'm here in front of you. And um, it was just this rejoicing, but brokenness at the same time, knowing that so many people don't know yeah. that our Lord is there, right? you know? And um, I was reflecting on the readings that we're going to be focusing on in Mass this coming Sunday, and um, one of them is from Isaiah chapter 40, and, you know, just... Um, make straight the highways and prepare the way for the Lord. And, um, and I just think of highways versus country roads. There's tons of lanes. It's well lit. It's easy to access. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's our job in making straight the highways for, for those to come to the Lord. And, and it just really made me want just to tell everyone, um, whether you're Catholic or not, come be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we invite you in, 
It's not this Catholic secret. Right. It's not where you have to be um, go through RCIA to come to adoration. Yeah. Um, come and sit with him and be there. And and I, if y'all don't mind, I'm just going to keep talking. Go for it, girl. Because <laughs> John chapter 6 has been on my heart. Um, it's one mm, of my favorite so chapters of the Bible. Me too. Um, where Jesus is, is the bread of life discourse, telling um, his disciples and other followers at the time that, you know, if you eat, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have life within you forever. Mm-hmm. And in John chapter six, verse 66, which I don't think is a coincidence mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It says many of his disciples could not understand or believe this teaching. So they walked away. Yes, yeah. They walked away. And mm-hmm. what did Jesus do? He didn't run after them, tap them on the shoulder. Say, oh, just kidding. I didn't mean this literally. Mm-hmm. No, he let them go because he, it's, true right. it's real right um, it was so shocking and blasphemous yeah, so for them to, to hear they yeah they, there there was no reason for any human at that time to ever say eat my flesh right <laughs> it would never happen it was considered sinful and wrong and right. so for him to say it like he wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true right there's no right. way right there's no way and if it was just a symbol he would have chased after them and yeah. clarified and they wouldn't have died for that truth either yeah they wouldn't That's have so allowed themselves to be murdered yeah. because yeah. they believed in yeah. the real presence of jesus in the eucharist they just wouldn't have yeah they would have said oh no 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 that was a symbol right. <laughs> we're just it's just symbolic like yeah. it's truth yeah. And it's real. So if, if to our listeners right now, if you're listening and you, um, this might be the first time you're ever hearing about adoration, um, message us. And yeah. we, if you live in our area, we will meet you there and just go sit with That's you in amazing. adoration. Absolutely. Just to sit with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and if you're not from our area, we will hunt down someone that can connect you <laughs> with. And, you know, just Jesus is fully present. Yeah. So. For me too. I was a convert as well in adoration. I didn't get it as quickly as you did. <laughs> I wasn't like the first time, but once, it clicked for me at one point too. And Mm -hmm. there was nowhere else I'd rather be because I could see the presence. I could feel like I just knew Mm -hmm. there's something tangible and different about it. And it's part of why when people walk into a Catholic church, it feels different inside Mm -hmm. there because there's truly someone alive and present. But I also, um, when I was youth minister would take every once in a while, we'd take a couple of teens with us that weren't Catholic and I had multiple people tell me afterwards, like, I don't know what just happened in that room, mm-hmm. but I felt it. And this yeah. one little girl, I will never forget her. She was a friend of one of the teens and she had this amazing experience in adoration and she was in prayer and she was just down on her knees and she was really, um, really involved in it. And the next morning she said to me, um, I had this vision of that gold thing, <laughs> oh, wow. that gold thing that was on the stage. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know what that gold thing was, but when I was praying, I felt Jesus was out on the water and he was calling me out to the water. Oh and then gosh. she said, is that gold thing coming back today? Oh wow! <laughs> and my so gold thing, she's talking about the monster. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's Jesus truly present in, in the blessed sacrament. And he's in the monster. And said, yeah, he's calling to you. Absolutely. But it was so cute. It was like, oh. she had no concept, no right. teaching whatsoever, but yeah. she felt that presence and she mm-hmm. knew. Do you yeah. know? Like faith right there. That's beautiful. She was a little yeah. scared by it. I think that yeah. she was like, yeah. mm, it is a sure. little scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're, if you haven't grown up with that, like it is, it's, I mean, even for myself after that first encounter, like I still had to like work through that and wrestle with like the doubts and absolutely, you know, the disbelief and, um, and you know, like I remember talking to Paul about this, like, gosh, this is so weird. Like that he's actually there. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, is that, can that be possible? And, and he was Mm -hmm. like, well, let me ask you, like, do you think that God can make anything possible? And when he asked me that question, I was like, Yes. Like, you know, thankfully, like I I knew the Lord well enough at that time to, to believe that anything could be possible with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my goodness, that is such a simple question, but it's so true. Like he can do anything. And if he wants to be present in a, in a piece of bread, like he can do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He can do whatever he wants to do. Okay. Okay. So what is it like to be the other half of Paul's ministry? Because like Kendra said earlier, it couldn't happen without you and this beautiful mm-hmm. family that you guys have and um, the way that you, you're, you're like almost like an ambassador for Catholic families of what it looks like to just love, love your people and to be vulnerable and to, to just lead with grace. But it's a big sacrifice for you too. And when I first met you, one of the things I said was, I know that you probably don't get to see it all the time, but I get to see the teens that, that walk out of the room where he's just... Mm-hmm. He's just preached and 
the conversion that happens within them. And it's huge. I mean, these teens love him and they love his message and he is able to access them in a way that other people aren't because I think he's just so down to earth. Mm -hmm. And for the ones that are really on the fringes that are just really afraid to let their hearts go, he's able to hit them. Um, But he couldn't do that without you. So what is it like for you to be the wife yeah, and thank you so much for sharing that with me because it's it's so um, helpful to have those reminders that, you know, me being at home with the kids is um, all working towards something. And, um, you know, it's I, I, I don't want to complain because I feel like our life is so beautiful and I'm just so blessed that Paul um, gets these opportunities to share our faith and... Um, you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful that the Lord has called him to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to like come on here and, and sound ungrateful, but But that doesn't make it not hard. Right. It is hard. (laughs) You know, um, it it is hard, not just having him, um, travel so much and, and, and not be at home. Um, uh, it's also just hard spiritually because I, I really do, we really do feel like the spiritual attack when Mm. an event is coming up or if he has like, you know, important message to share and he knows it's going to be like a hard message or something. And we, um, we feel it as a family and Mm. we've seen it affect our kids and our marriage sometimes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. Um, but how do you guys handle that? Because Kendra and I have not been in, well, her husband has, but we have not been in ministry as long as Paul has, but we're feeling that too, Mm -hmm. big time. Like Mm -hmm. when we start to really I feel like we're moving towards the Lord and doing something that's good. Yeah. The spiritual attacks are hitting all of our, his beloved yeah. ladies, like all yeah. four of us are really getting it. And I know you guys had a car accident this summer. Yeah. And so how do you guys handle that? Yeah. It's just, um, I think it really helps to, um, have community with other people who, who know what you're going through. Um, just as like reminders that, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing something right. If, if the devil is this angry that he's attacking your family and he's, um, trying to make something not happen, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, a it kind of like gives us that motivation to be like, Oh, we're going to hit back harder. You know, like we're going to, we're going to work at this harder. And, um, it's so good. Cause sometimes I'm like thinking, I'll just quit. It's fine. I know. That <laughs> temptation is always there. Yeah. <laughs> just walk away. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so much easier if we just quit. Um, but no, it's, I, I think in one sense, it's kind of like a good sign, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're doing something right. And, um, it's just a reminder for us to pray. Like, I, I think that's just number one thing is we have to protect our families, um, with prayer. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's something we always keep in mind. We, we try to pray together every night, um, you know, especially for the ministry and for all the, the people who, you know, we'll encounter, um, the Lord hopefully through Paul's Mm -hmm. messages. So, um, yeah, it's just constant prayer and constant reminders that we're doing okay, that we're doing a good thing. Yeah. 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 Share a little bit about how you and Paul met. Okay. So I love the story. (laughs) Um, we actually met at a wedding. He was, um, the MC at the reception. Um, of course, because his so wait, personality was he is... working for like a DJ or something. No, no, no. Was it, was just, it was just a friend, okay. a, a friend of ours who was <laughs> getting a wedding singer. <laughs> you know what though? Did you like, fall for the wedding singer? Like, oh my goodness! That is, yeah, I, literally, I did. <laughs> because he actually did like actually a great number of weddings like during our dating period. Did uh-huh. he? Yeah, like a bunch of friends would ask him or like a friend would recommend him and, um, he just like has that personality. He's so yeah. great on stage and he just knows how to like engage the crowd. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I think it was, he had done like a couple weddings before. So a friend of ours, um, we didn't know at the time that we had a mutual friend, but uh, he was getting married. So he asked him to MC, and, um, I was, I had just gotten out of like a long-term relationship and I was like going to this wedding as a single gal and yeah. like, <laughs> and I see him, um, just schmoozing the crowd and like cracking funny <laughs> jokes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Like, <laughs> like I actually like his corny jokes and, um, yeah. So that's how we met. I, I just try to like laugh as loud as I could and like, <laughs> You know, flip my hair around so he would notice me in the crowd. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> and yeah, he just came up to me and um, we started talking and we we went on our first date like three days later. Wow. And just, yeah, that was, that was it. That's so cute. I I love, what that. I love about you guys is you are just always like just cracking up at all his little jokes. Like on Instagram. Yeah, even if no one else is. <laughs> it's so sweet. 
great. No, he he's funny. He's a funny he guy for funny. sure. But your laugh for him is just oh, like the sweetest yeah. little, like, so full of love. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. I love it so it much. It's really sweet. So tell us, before we met you, and we've never really seen this side of you because you moved across the country and you're taking mm-hmm. care of kids, but you, you were... baby. A, you yeah, you had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> when we met you, you were pregnant. Um, so tell us about your life as a pro-life nurse. What was that like? What... Yeah, it was, oh my gosh, it was a really beautiful time, and I, I still miss it um, every day, because it was literally my dream job. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, ever since I knew I wanted to be a nurse, I I just had this interest in um, maternal health and moms and babies. And, I, and um, you know, when I was in nursing school and we had our clinical rotation with um, the mother and baby unit, like, I just loved it. I fell in love. You know, I, I witnessed my first birth and I was like, I'm, I get to see a miracle, like, mm, you know, so face cool. to face. And, um, I remember just like, it was really the only class that I would actually look forward to and like read ahead the, you know, for uh-huh. homework, like Aww. all the chapters of the, in the textbooks. And I just loved it. I like, um, wanted to know everything about it. And, um, and then of course, like that, led into wanting to be involved in, um, the pro-life movement, um, just because I, I knew that there was so much beauty in just, um, life and, Mm -hmm. um, a mom's experience, you know, um, bringing life into the world. And, um, so I had a friend who used to work for like a pregnancy hotline and she got me connected with a pro-life clinic and, um, yeah, it was just such a great fit. Um, I, had actually had Audrey, my firstborn, a, like about a month after I graduated nursing school. So I never actually got to um, work in a hospital. I, mm-hmm. I always thought I'd be a labor and delivery nurse, but Aww. it just never happened. Um, but, you know, now become, being a new mom, um, it was just more fitting for me to be like in a clinic setting just because mm-hmm. it was more consistent hours and yeah. all these the things. Hours are hard. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just jumped into it and I loved it. Um, it was a really beautiful experience. I, I really do miss it because I felt like I got to have the special privilege of walking with these women mm-hmm. and um, seeing them just grow in confidence in themselves as a mother and um, falling in love with their babies. And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really great. That's so beautiful. So do you, you had women who were at risk, some mm-hmm. of them at risk pregnancies yeah. and they were, um, you got to just journey with them and see them once a month, like you would for regular pregnancies right. and get to know them their entire yeah, oh, and that was such what was so beautiful about a clinic setting is that you mm-hmm. get to have like relationships yeah, with these it's women. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like you come into the hospital, you have your baby, and you're go, and you go, yeah. you right. go, you know. Um, and you know, a lot of these women, um, the, the a lot of the women who would come through our clinic, they would go through um, an abortion pill reversal. So wow. what that means is they would take the first abortion pill, and if they suddenly changed their minds and wanted to save their pregnancy, they would come to us and we would do whatever we could to save the baby. Wow. Yeah. Is and it progesterone? Is that yes. what causes it to, mm-hmm. to reverse it? Wow. It would, yeah, basically just be high doses of progesterone and just mm-hmm. pray. <laughs> pray, yes. pray, pray, pray. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's what I loved about um, our organization is, you know, all of us, we were so... Um, just motivated to help these women and their babies. And we were all, you know, people of faith. And so we would get to like, um, come together every morning and pray together and just pray for our patients and, you know, um, ask for prayers, you know, about Mm -hmm. a particular patient that we knew or whatever. And, um, it was just a, a beautiful setting. Um, beautiful. did the moms ever come back with the babies afterwards? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I still keep in contact with a couple of the patients and like ask for pictures and stuff because it's just, yeah, it's such a, um, you know, when they're in such a vulnerable position and you get to hold their hands and walk Mm -hmm. them through it, Mm -hmm. through it. Um, it's just that bond is like forever. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Just walking with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, for with anyone really like just being able to walk with someone who is in the most difficult time of their lives and just say yeah. like, you're not alone yeah, and love yeah. them through it. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of bringing new life into the world, you guys just brought new life into the world. <laughs> Baby number four. Yeah. Little Micah with all his poofy hair. <laughs> he has the best <laughs> hair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. How, how's it going? It's, um, 
It's been beautiful and so hard at the same time. Um, You know, I think moving here and being away from family, like this is the first time we've had a a baby and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we don't have family around Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's, it's been hard. Um, you know, obviously we have amazing friends and we've gotten so much support and love and it's just different though. Like when, you know, your mom can come and like cook for you and hold Mm -hmm. your baby. Like it's just different. And, um, um, so that's been definitely hard. Like we, um, we've, been struggling for the past couple months to just find like a new routine and mm-hmm. um adjust you know uh moving here and then Audrey starting school she started school the day after he was born so that was like another thing Within to adjust like to 12 hours you yes. had a baby and a kindergartner yes <laughs> oh my crazy. gosh it was a lot yeah um but it, you know it's getting better it's definitely getting better I know there's always an adjustment period and um I know we're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So share with our listeners the ages of your kiddos. Yeah. So my oldest will be turning six in about a week. And oh my gosh, I just That's realized. Exciting. That. <laughs> it's almost your huh? birthday. It is. I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to plan a party for her. <laughs> <laughs> what day is her birthday? Um, December 12th. Oh, our, the Feast I of Our Lady know. of Guadalupe. That's beautiful. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so that's coming up soon. She'll be six. And then I have a four-year-old and then a one-and-a-half-year-old and a two-month-old. <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah. So whenever y'all found out you were pregnant with Micah, were you scared at all with how close they were? Or what was your reaction? Oh, yeah. Well, Audrey and Aiden, my first two are actually mm-hmm. a, a year and a half apart. Okay. Um, and... I remember that being difficult, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, we could have, it could be like man to man, you know, Paul would take care of Audrey and I would take care of Aiden. Um, And then, yeah, so when we found out that, you know, Micah will be a year and a half younger than Remy, we're just like, oh no, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to do this now? You know? Um, So yeah, it was definitely scary. And um um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of the crosses that you carry when you're Catholic and you're open to life and mm-hmm. you don't use contraception. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, sometimes you get surprises and that's yeah. okay. Um, but you know, I think in a way, like I could actually use this to relate to a lot of the patients that we would, that mm-hmm. I would meet because, mm-hmm. um, so many of them are there just like in panic mode yeah. and they yeah. haven't actually even like thought their decision through, um, Mm -hmm. with, you know, aborting or keeping the baby, but they're just like, they're as a cry for help. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, how to handle this. Like I can't do it. Um, and I, I get to be like, I get to tell them, I know what you're going through. Like I, um, I know what it's like to feel like you can't do this or there's no Mm. possible way, you know, or, um, the future feels so overwhelming. Yes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a married person with other kids, like it could still feel very overwhelming and you could still have that thought of like, I can't do this, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. just one of those things yeah. about being open to life. Um, it's going to be so much fun when they're older and they're, you have yeah. all these four kids so close in age and yeah. they're going to be so close. I always yeah. think of that show, um, Parenthood. Uh-huh. I always wanted my kids uh-huh. to grow up and be like best friends like that. I know, <laughs> yeah. me too. I hope yeah. so. Everybody really hang out do. together yeah. on the weekends. And... Yeah, I'm already plotting how to make sure my kids don't move to other states right. like far away. Like institute Sunday, Sunday dinners. Yes! Do they all come, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. And on that show, it's like a little boy with autism has a baseball yeah. game and he wants to go to the game and they all jump up and go and like all the aunts and uncles and oh, cousins and yeah. everybody are supporting really him. Cute. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's going to be our life, right yeah. guys? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to that too. And we're just, you know, we, we feel really blessed that we can have a large family. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, when growing up, it was just me and my sister and, mm-hmm. um, I always felt like you know, just with large families, there's just like a different sort of like sense of fullness in the family, mm-hmm. like all the dynamics and it's just mm-hmm. beautiful. I've, and I also, I've also found that large families are just so generous. Like they might have like eight or 10 kids and then they still invite like the kids on the street or like, mm-hmm. you know, become foster parents or whatever. And it's just like the generosity mm-hmm. um, of having a large family is so beautiful. So I, love that. I feel like as, as stressful as it is, it's, it's yeah. a real blessing. And it's a gift to your kids too. Yeah. yeah it really yeah. is yeah. to have each other. We're all 
We all only have one sibling. Yeah. And oh, true. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and okay. yeah. Um, my brother passed away six years ago. So now oh, yeah. I don't have him either. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's really nice to have extra siblings. That I've really always is. always wanted more. Mm-hmm. It's neat when my kids come up to me and like, oh, I got to fight so-and-so. I'm bored. I was like, well, I gave you other siblings. <laughs> Go find a new <laughs> one. Right? Go play with someone else. You know? <laughs> like my sister and I, we, would, we never finished a board game. Oh. Ever. Like, we would end up getting mad, throwing the pieces at each other. <laughs> literally. I remember yeah. my Monopoly money flying all over the place <laughs> and like storming off, and that was it. I had no one else to play with. Yeah, like, well, my brother on. refused to play with me. He was six years older than me, and I would mm-hmm. say, "You're oh. my brother. You have to love me. You have to be my best friend." And he was like, "All right, kid, go away." Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, I, I remember being alone a lot. Like yeah. my childhood, I was so alone a lot. Yeah, yeah. our yeah. kids are never alone. Yeah, no, as much as they someone, want to be. I know. Right? Always someone to entertain them. That's funny. So fun. Okay. What would you What would you speak into um, to other moms that are in the trenches right now? Hmm. Gosh, I I don't know because that's I such need... an open ended question. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, I mean, it's probably something I need to hear too. You know. Um. I think it's. Uh, I think what I want other moms to know is to. Um, just be easy on themselves. Yeah. I, I think there's just so much pressure to. Um, be everything and you know especially with social media it's like Mm -hmm. you have to look perfect you have to have a career you have to um you know homeschool you know like all these things and they're all like great things but the pressure of doing it all is is just too much and it's it's um unrealistic too um so I think just just that um I just want moms to know like you have what it takes and be easy on yourself because, you know, some days when, um, you do things that you regret or you just, um, you mess up or you yell at the kids too much mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like, you're not alone yes. and this is so normal and, yeah. um, yeah. you know, we're all experiencing that. So, um, love on yourself just as much as you love your love on your kids and on your husband. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. You're better than you think you are at this motherhood thing. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's hard for everybody. And yeah. it's such a huge transition too. It's, it's like one you can't even really explain of what it's going to look like and mm-hmm. what it's going to feel like and to see that baby for the first time and to feel that weight of mom guilt. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I think as you get older with motherhood, that kind of tends to back down a little bit. So like mm-hmm. my newest baby, I don't have that as much, but with Ella and Livy, mm-hmm. oh my word. Oh my goodness, yeah. I felt like every decision I made was going to ruin them for life. Yes, Like I if know. I give them peas instead of carrots, <laughs> they'll never eat again. Like why? Like, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. And even yeah. like the these moments where I would, you know, like yell at my daughter or something, I'd be like, I ruined her forever. And she's going yeah. she's going to remember this exact moment when she's 30 years old and she's going to resent me forever. Yes. You know, like yeah. I would put that pressure on myself and, um, and not to say that you can go yelling at your kids every day, yeah. you know? but, <laughs> but you know, I think it's, um, it's just knowing that you're not the only mom doing this. Yeah. I think sometimes we, you can feel like I'm the worst mom, like no other moms yell at their mm-hmm. kids, you know? Um, Do you have any more questions? Well, yeah. I wanted to to just ask you, when did you stop working? Uh, when stu- I moved here. I, like, literally worked up until the week. <gasps> really? You did? Yeah. Oh, I wow. didn't know that. I know. I, wanted, I was, like, trying to work there as long as possible, and yeah. then he moved. Yeah. So how did that transition go from being a working mom to a stay-at-home mom? Um, it's actually it hasn't been too bad. Um, you know, earlier when we were talking about being a, a ministry wife and, mm-hmm. and how challenging it could be, um, it's actually been really nice to um, have Paul home so much yeah. this year because of yeah. COVID and all the quarantines and, you know, like a lot of his events got canceled or postponed or moved online. So um, I've never had him home so much. <laughs> oh, how nice. So wait, yeah. when you were in California, you had three kids. Mm-hmm. He traveled nearly every single weekend mm-hmm. and you were working. Yes. Girl. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't handle that. It wow. sounds like I was doing everything, but it you wasn't like that superwoman. bad. I, I only worked like one or two days a week. And it oh, was, that's nice. Yeah, and okay. it was when he was home, so okay. he could watch the kids. Oh, so yeah, nice. it would okay. work out perfectly. Yeah. And we had so much help. Like, we had family yeah. and yeah. Um, great babysitters and stuff. So Part-time jobs are the best for moms. <laughs> right. It is. It's yeah. like the perfect balance because you get to be away from home and have conversations with adults and (laughs) and build up just enough. Yes. And it's like not too much where you're like, I miss my kids, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a good balance for us. And, um, yeah, so the transition to being a stay at home mom, um, has been nice. I think because 
we've just been so busy. Like there's been so much going on that mm-hmm. I don't really have, like, have the time to be like, I miss working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and having Paul home too. Like it's just been nice for our family. I know he's like itching to get back out there and, yeah, and sure. travel and speak again. Um, but I kind of feel like I'll joke with him. Like, I think God sent COVID um, as a gift to me because, <laughs> because it means you're home more. Yeah. <laughs> he just knew I needed you home this year, you know? Oh, yeah. um, so, it is so, a yeah, gift. It's been good. It's been, ways. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Most definitely. So do you want to do our, what's God doing in your heart now? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go first. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I could go first. So this isn't really a go, what's God doing in my heart, but just what's been going on in my life this week mm-hmm. is, um, so it's the first week of Advent, right? For us, not for y'all. Sorry, guys. It's the first week of Advent. And I did a, you know the whole thing where I had my Advent candles from last year, and I didn't put them in the garage because they will yeah. melt in Texas. <laughs> I have done that. And then you open them up, and there's like wonky upside-down candles. So I didn't do that. I put them in the pantry or a cabinet, and I pulled them out, and I have everything all set up in the first Sunday of Advent, we are all sitting around the dinner table, which we don't do a lot all the time. So we're all sitting there and we light our candle and we pray a decade of the rosary. I'm feeling like I am like on, Wow! I am like mom of the year at this point. Like this never happens, y'all. This is not what my life looks like usually. That's awesome. And my son has the biggest panic attack ever because of the candle. He could not handle there being a lit candle on our table. Mm -hmm. Freaked out. And he's like screaming in the middle of the prayers. I'm like, what's going on? Of course, I immediately think it's like a spiritual attack. I'm like, get away from us. And uh, so it turns out he's terrified of the open flame. Wow. He could not handle it at all. To the point where the entire next day, he wanted me to like get rid of the candles. Like he did not want them at our home anymore. He wanted them gone. So I spent all week this week looking for like little battery operated. Uh Uh-huh. Purple and pink mm-hmm. candles, and this is not the week to find them. In case you're oh, wondering, no. <laughs> the, the first week of Advent is not the time to find <laughs> Advent candles. Oh but I came up with a really cute little, like, you know, DIY ghetto Advent wreath that's on my table now. And purple candles are in the mail, and they will be here. Yay. And I had to buy a pack of 12 because that's all I could get. So <laughs> if you set. guys would like any purple <laughs> candles. For the rest of your life. I have a lot. So um, anyway, so that, when he goes away to college, that can be his college gift. Here's your Advent wreath for your door. Like, look how much I, I love you, candles. son. I spent days looking for these candles for you. I went to three Hobby Lobbies. Anyways, oh my gosh. That, that's, that's not really like my spiritual life, but that's my Advent life right now. Yeah. So how about you guys? That's good. Wow. Maggie, do you, what, what, what is God doing in your heart right now? Oh, gosh. Um, besides just telling me to survive each day. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the other thing God keeps telling me is yeah. day by day. Yeah. Don't work too, look too far in advance, um, even minute by minute sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for our mom in the trenches too. It's just like we need our daily bread. Like God did not intend mm-hmm. for us to have the entire next six months planned out. He just mm-hmm. wants us to depend on him every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, the other so thing. Good. Sorry. And maybe that's, that's what he is saying to me um, lately in my heart is, um, actually, you know, I think I just need to remind myself to slow down. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I, <laughs> I've just so overwhelmed with like all these things that need to get done. And I'm like constantly making lists on my phone. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I, y'all, I have like 20 different lists on my phone right now. <laughs> I wonder it's like where scary. Audrey, your almost six-year-old gets it from. <laughs> she's a list maker, isn't she? <laughs> I know she loves she's making so lists because she sees me doing it. <laughs> Except she doesn't stress out like I do. Um, and, um, anyways, yeah, especially this season, it's like, yeah. I'm thinking of a million things I need to buy and I need to get the Christmas tree out. <laughs> I haven't even gotten any Christmas decorations out or anything. Um, you know, with the move coming up, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah you're things. about to move again. You're about to move. Yeah. You just had a baby. No way. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so That's it's just, I think, um, the Lord is telling me like, slow down, mm-hmm. just survive today. You'll get through it. I will help you. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, um, yeah, it's just that <laughs> yeah it's a good reminder yeah yeah it is definitely um there there isn't one specific thing that the lord is doing in my heart just um just a couple of things that kind of intertwine over the past week and i kind of see them working together so one of them was just adoration and having that time with him and um just renewal of his presence and not and not wanting to like hey, everybody, we have Jesus, you don't come over here type of thing, but just mm-hmm. a true deep compassion of, why am I not telling people about him? Hmm. He's here, yeah. you know? 
Um, and so I don't, you know, I, I trust that the Lord planted that in my heart for a reason. Um, but just seeing how different things and different yeses to him and just little openness and a little bit of resting, how he puts it all into play later. Yeah. You know, like with different conversations that you have with people. Hmm. Um, you know, there's been a couple, I was just telling Megan this, like the past couple of podcasts as we're recording them, um, I just think like this was specifically recorded for this person in my life that I know that this would minister to and just oh. seeing how God, um, orchestrates our guests, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Megan's like, who should we talk to this time? Oh, Esther, I was eating Esther too. You know, yeah. like we come wow. to the same and, and with Maggie and, and Tanya too. And Tanya, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just really cool. Um, being his mule that yeah. I, I wanted to be, um, he's just so good. It's just so good. So just resting and waiting and trying to advent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, guys. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Maggie, thank you for joining us. It was so delightful just to share you with um, our listeners and um, how blessed we are to have you in our lives. Oh, She's just so. adorable, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so happy we got to share her Oh, with me y'all. too. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm, I, I love your guys' podcast because I just... Uh, feel like I'm sitting in your living room listening to you <laughs> guys talk. Yeah and, chatting. And, <laughs> yeah, and I just love that about it because sometimes I don't get to see you guys, you know, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're up to, and then I just listen to your podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks Thank for you. having me. That means oh, a so lot. Bad. You're wonderful. Everybody have a wonderful, blessed week. So by the time this comes out, it'll be like almost Christmas, I think. Right? Yeah. So three weeks from now, probably? Yes, so we... So happy, oh to the happy almost Christmas. Oh, Gaudete Sunday, Gaudete. maybe? How do you say that? I say Gaudete. I don't know. But I, Gaudete. The other day Gaudete. I was trying to say Maranatha, and oh, yeah. I heard someone else say Maranatha, and I'm like, I think I say all these things wrong. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the pink candle. Just say it with, like, confidence <laughs> and play with it, people. Yes, yes. All right. I love that one. That's uh, one of my favorites. We might yes. even be past that, but anyways... Happy almost Christmas to all of you. Yes. And I hope that you, this may be our last one actually for a while. So if it is, um, my prayer for you guys is that you can really live it up during the season of Christmas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we've, I'm terrible at this, but I think sometimes we do a really good job during Advent and then we forget about Christmas or we're tired or we're mm-hmm. exhausted. Yeah. And I just pray that you guys can have yeah. fun. One of the things I like to do with my kids is to take them to different um, churches and visit Jesus and visit the nativity scenes yeah. at different churches and oh, see Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And every year I'm like, we're going to go to a different one of the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think we usually make it to like two, but whatever. <laughs> like, hey, make it to two, we That's make it amazing. To um, <laughs> that's a good idea. That's, yeah, that's my prayer for you guys, that you can really yeah. enjoy family and, and the coming of Jesus. Yeah. Have yeah. fun. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye. Oh, guys, don't you just love Maggie? She is as wonderful in person as she sounded on the podcast. She's just a joy, and I'm so thankful that we get to call her our friend and that she's part of our community here in Austin. And if you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to hear more, you can go back and listen to some of our old episodes. Um, the first episode and the second one, one is my story, and the second one is Kendra. So if, you, if you're new around here, go back and listen. Get to know us a little bit more. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to get to know you. All right, guys, we'll see you next week and have a Merry Christmas if I don't see you before then. Bye.